Hello and welcome to the Football Diary podcast and this special episode where we have to talk all things Liverpool. Now, those of you that are subscribed to the channel and listen to us often might know that we've got a bit of an anti-Liverpool bias with two Man United fans and myself recording normally. So it seemed only right with them sat second in the league and really impressing a lot of us to get a Liverpool fan on to get an authentic perspective. So I'm joined today by Chris. How you doing, mate? Not bad. Thank you for having me on. It's all right. It's been a while, mate. You've been on here before and uh, I'm sure people have been clamouring for you to get back. So thank you for joining us today. And it is a good time to talk to you, I suppose, uh, because this is an impressive start to the season from Liverpool, isn't it? How have you found it so far? Yeah, I think we've been really good. Um, definitely last season was uh, disappointing for us. Uh, but this season so far, really, really positive. Um, back again to where we uh, expected to be uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, nearly didn't do in the quad, but here we are again, challenging for the title, perhaps. Who knows? And did you expect that this early? Because it feels like this is a really quick start to the season, particularly with the business you did in the summer, which we'll come to later on. But did you see this coming? Uh, not really, actually, to be honest. I think most fans probably would have anticipated that we'd be challenging for top four again. There's no doubt about that. We're a club that definitely deserves to be there. But with all the changes that were made in the summer... Uh, the new midfield. There was a lot of unknowns going into this season, so it's hard to predict where where we were going to be. And with Jurgen Klopp being in the club for such a long time now, and he did have that sort of seven year uh, curse almost. Mm. I think we were kind of path- going into a completely unknown territory, so it was hard to predict where we were going to be. Um, but we started really, really well, and the midfield is doing really, really well for us. So I think, yeah, very positive. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because maybe it's a sign of where the Premier League's at right now and how competitive it is. There have been a few fixtures that on paper you look at and go, oh, it's a disappointing result for Liverpool. And then there are others like the 3-0 win at Villa now feels like a a huge result with how well they're doing in the league, beating Newcastle in those difficult circumstances earlier in the season. And now you find yourself second in the league. It's It's a pretty big statement for Liverpool and their intent for this season, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I think you're right, though. The competition in the Premier League is, is better than it's ever been. I think there's six or seven teams at the top now that uh, you would argue could compete for the Champions League. Uh, you've got Newcastle, obviously, that completed last year. Uh, Aston Villa, of course, um, <laughs> uh, are, definitely, are definitely in with a chance. You know, they, they, you know, Emery's got them playing really well. But we're here to talk about Liverpool. And I think definitely... Uh, Really positive, and and apart from maybe one, maybe two results, I would say that we've we've performed admirably. Admirably, <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about how that kind of happened. Then think about the summer. There was a lot of upheaval in the summer, particularly with the midfield, as we talked about. So obviously, move Jordan Henderson on, which I think Liverpool fans would have said a fond farewell to someone that they were obviously happy with as a servant to the club, but could see that it needed moving forward. Fabinho moved on, which might have raised a few more eyebrows. I mean, a bit of an indifferent season last year, but we know what he's capable of. And this whole new midfield comes in. So, Graven Birch comes in on loan. Sobersly comes in after an excellent spell at RB Leipzig. Endo comes in, which seemed a bit like a placeholder, if we're honest. And McAllister for big money after the, winning the World Cup last year. How quickly do you think they've settled as a midfield? And is that the midfield to carry this new generation of Liverpool forward? I think new generation is the perfect term for it. Obviously, Fabinho and Henderson were in their early 30s. Um, Henderson moving on was pretty much the perfect time, I believe. Uh, Not only did he achieve everything that he could have achieved at the club, I think him not being in the squad uh, as often last season. um, 
I think, you know, and getting £12 million for him as well was just, I think, good business all round for both the player and the club. Fabinho going might seem, at the time, like a, a, a difficult decision. But I think, again, getting £40 million for someone who didn't perform well last season mm. um, and, and, and definitely was the weak link because I always thought that in our title pushes and uh, quad campaign, having that holding midfielder was the mm. key, really. And, and him yeah. dropping off in performance was... Probably the biggest, one of the biggest reasons why we why we dropped off so much last last season. So getting rid of, let's say get rid of, uh, losing them two players was was probably the best time to do it. And Firmino as well, uh, leaving the club. I mean that was probably the saddest one for me. Um, <laughs> losing that sort of front three. Obviously we lost Mane last season. Um, that was a big blow. Losing Firmino this season with just Salah left to lead the line. We wonder how he was going to get on. Obviously he is completely. Uh, disregarded everything and been phenomenal even still. So, yeah, I think, it, again, with, it, with that being the case, we've not missed Firmino as much and with Nunes stepping up. But the midfield, definitely a, a whole breath of fresh air in that midfield. Uh, Shobas Lai has been phenomenal, uh, apart from the last couple of games, but it's expected. First eight or nine games in the Premier League, he was electric. Yeah, he- he was one that I wanted to focus in on, actually, because you're right. When he first came, there was a lot of uproar of how successful he'd been. The stats aren't necessarily reflecting that. He's someone with one goal and two assists so far as a creative midfielder. But is that just a sign of the bedding-in period? And actually, are you more pleased with the performance level, at least? And can you see that there is a real big future for a player of his quality? Oh, absolutely. He's got pretty much everything in his locker. Mm. I mean, he's only 23, is he? 22, 23? Mm. I mean, he's got the world ahead of him. And uh, I think I've seen him, his ability on the ball and his ability to distribute the ball is 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 really, really good. And as someone that doesn't know too much about German football, has a very loose grasp on German football, I wasn't sure how he was going to perform, but I heard very, very good things about him. Mm. And, and everything I heard about him has just proven uh, so far this season. Um, the, the one weak link, if I could provide a weak link uh, so far in the midfield, is uh, McAllister. I don't think he has shone as much as uh, expected. I think he's been asked to play a difficult role. He's been asked to play a lot deeper. He's been asked to be part of sort of a holding midfielder while Trent pushes forward. Um, I, I've not seen much uh, much positive uh, in that role. Uh, however, he, he has shown glimpses of his ability. So it's, it, time will tell. If, if he can adapt to a position that works for him, and Endo, for example, could play that holding role and he could play slightly more forward. I think we'll see a lot more positive out of him as well. So, again, I've got nothing bad to say about any of the signings that have come in so far. Yeah, it's good, really, because where you took time to rebuild the attack, it felt like you were kind of rushing to, to build the midfield, but it's clicking together quite quickly. Whereas then you look at this forward line then, and Gakpo came in in January, settled really quickly. Jota, it felt like, was brought in early and ready as a replacement when Mane or Firmino moved on. In the meantime, you saw an opportunity to recruit Diaz and Nunes and did that as well. And they're all finding their feet in this in this side now, as much as Nunes seems to not know where his feet are sometimes. And then there are other moments where he looks like he's worthy of the Ballon d'Or. We still don't really know what to expect from him. One person we really do know what to expect from, and it seems to just be goals, no matter when it is, is Mo Salah. We're talking about last month's Player of the Month, who is on fire for you still this season. How important is he proven to be again this season for you? 
He's incredible. I think he, he, he could fall behind the radar uh, a little bit in the last couple of seasons. I, I was a massive, massive fan of Sadio Mane during uh, his time at Liverpool. And I think one of the reasons is because him and Salah work so well together, even though they might not have had the best relationship, uh, <laughs> as we've as we've since heard from Firmino's autobiography. But I would say that uh, Mane was my sort of focus player. I really, really liked him. And I think he was the, the, the link and... and, and the player that really shone for me. Uh, Mo Salah, of course, is phenomenal. In his first season, scoring 31 goals should never be ignored. Uh, but, yeah, so I think now that them two have gone, Firmino and Mane, uh, Salah has, uh, has, has got to take it front and centre. And I think he's he's been phenomenal. He's been even better than he has been in the past. And I think he loves the attention. He loves the limelight. I think yeah. it really works for him. Uh, and I think he's going to do everything he can to, to win some silverware in what I believe to be his last season at the club. Yeah, and that might be a sad thing for Liverpool fans to admit because it looked very certain that he was going to move on over the summer. It was a massive bid from Saudi Arabia and we know how much money they were willing to pump into whatever they needed, really. And obviously a player of quite a high profile. Were you nervous about losing him in the summer or are you expecting to lose him in January now even? Nervous to lose him in the summer is a bit of a weird one because the amount of money that was being talked about, I think a lot of Liverpool fans might have bit your hand off and took it, to be honest. I think he's a 31-year-old player. You've got to bear in mind, we've, we've had his best years, you know, arguably on, on average. Statistical average would say that we've had his best years. Of course, players, Ronaldo has proven, Messi's proven that you can go well into your third into your 30s now and, and be elite. And Salah will probably do much the same. He's incredibly athletic, incredibly fit. However... When you see £150 million for a player that's over 30, yeah. you think... And of course, Saudi Arabia uh, would want to sign a player like Mo Salah. Not only has he got global standing, superstardom, he's Arabic. Mm. He's the exact profile that would help develop that league. Mm. No end. And I think that would bring in a lot of attention to that league. Uh, so I think, I think it's inevitable that they're going to come back in January. I think now that we've kept on to him in the summer, kept hold of him, We've got to show our resolve and keep him. I don't think we should be accepting any bids in January, no matter how much money it is and however tempting it may be. But he will definitely leave in the summer if there's a bid of anything more than ninety, eighty million pounds uh, for him. I think it would be unwise to not accept it from a business point of view. Um, but yeah, it'd be a really sad one to lose. But I'm almost certain it's going to happen, to be honest. So hopefully he yeah. can bring in some silverware in his final season. Yeah, I mean, you talk about it making a lot of sense from a uh, business perspective. That's definitely true. From a sporting perspective, we're talking about someone who already this season has 10 goals and four assists in 12 games. How do you replace a player like Mo Salah? Do you already have the players to replace him within the squad? Or is it a case of going out and getting someone that might be a dream for you? Well, you could always dream. But I think we have definitely got the players in the squad that could step up. I don't think you could ever replace Mo Salah like for like, or certainly not in the near future with the players that we have in our team. However, there's a lot of potential in the squad. Ben Doak, for example, uh, looks a real talent and he's only 17. Made, his, uh, made a, a good appearance against Toulouse the other day, if not for only a one half. However, we've got a, a lot of depth in that position. Harvey Elliott can, can play in those positions. He can play a much more advanced role. Kurt Jones can play out wide and played really well in those positions. So it's, and obviously Gakpo, we've got, uh, who played in the midfield the other day, so it shows his versatility. We've got Luis Diaz, obviously he plays on the other side, but I'm sure he could 
play either side of the field, really. Uh, Jota, who's been electric this season as well. I think he always flies under the radar, but he's been phenomenal as well. And then Nunes, who's just wild. <laughs> what is Nunes? I if love him. To... I love him, though. <laughs> I really, really like him. As a Liverpool fan, I can see why you would. I'll be honest. As funny as it is for a neutral to watch him missing sitters, these moments of magic he produces and the kind of character it is. If he was my player, I'd probably really back him as the, well, to be honest. The goal against Bournemouth was just the creme de la creme. It's a poor touch <laughs> that shows that what, you know, what, what, he, what he's, he's capable of. Capable of. <laughs> and then also showed what he's also capable of by putting yeah. it in the top corner. And it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's perfect, really. And I love it. The unpredictability, of course, isn't ideal from a sporting perspective, mm. but it's, it's so much fun to watch from an entertainment perspective. In a, in a quick one, then, you get £150 million for Salah and you do go to the transfer market. Who is the ideal replacement? Well, there's a lot of talk over the last few seasons about signing Mbappe. Now, of course, that is a dream. And it's every, every football fan's dream to have Mbappe on your team. He is the best player in the world right now. Not me. I'll keep McGinn on the left. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, not that he'd ever go to Villa, of course. But the point <laughs> is, he has been linked with Liverpool in the past. There's a... Mm. Of course, there's a possibility if we've got that much money in the in the bank, we could potentially splash out for him. It doesn't really fit the ethos of FSG, to be fair, to sign that kind of calibre of player in terms of the amount of money it's going to cost. However, it's a possibility. He's been linked for a long time. If we do well this season, we get to Champions League, potentially win the league, win some silverware, it might attract him a little bit more. Um, but yeah, uh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, he's the only player that I would want to replace yeah. Salah. I think that's a fair a fair point to make. Okay, so let's start. Let's end then with the big question, Chris: Are Liverpool title contenders in twenty three twenty four? One hundred percent. We were two games off the quad the season before. Why can't we compete for the title this year? And would you go as far as saying your favourites? No, Man City have been favourites for a long time, and they even when we were uh, at our absolute peak, uh, you would argue. When we won the title, you would say we weren't the favourites for it. Until, mm -hmm. obviously, you, uh, by Christmas time and we were running away with it, you'd think, OK, maybe Liverpool are favourites. But you would always back City over any other team in this league. They're not only the best team in the league, but they're the best team in world football. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. So we'll see what Liverpool managed to get up to this season, whether they can give Salah a fitting send-off or not. But in the meantime, Chris, thank you for joining me today. I'm sure you'll be back to talk all things Liverpool with us. You are our go-to correspondent, obviously. So we appreciate that. And we also appreciate all of you for watching. We had a massive milestone for us last week where we managed to get to our 1,000 subscriber count. If you've been a part of that journey with us, thank you so much. If you're not, why not hit the subscribe button for us now? We'd really appreciate that. We're still growing the channel. If you're listening on audio platforms, of course, you can head over to YouTube and find us there. We'd greatly appreciate it. But in the meantime, thank you for watching us. Chris, thanks again, mate. Thank you for having me. No worries. <laughs>